worship together.
read this verse over us, and uh, I really think it's going to help us get our focus for the reason of this season. Isaiah 9, 6, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Can you give the Prince of Peace some praise this morning? Father, we love you. We honor you. We're so thankful. Oh, man, it's going to be a good day. You can grab a seat in God's presence. And uh, we just want to say welcome, all of you, whether this is your first Sunday with us or maybe your first time guest and you've been coming for a while, or this is your second time, third time, we just want to say welcome. Don't the first, can we honor all of our guests, even those watching online, welcome. There's a few things we want to encourage you to do, and one of the things that we mention every single week is that if you'll text D1TEXT to 84576, you can also pull out your smartphone and scan the QR code on the screen. Uh, please sign up for one of those things. Uh, as you see, life groups, baptisms, prayer requests. We're going to celebrate even child dedication and baptism today, which we're excited. But we encourage you to do that. We also have a physical connect card that you can grab from the seat back in front of you. Please fill that out with as much information as you don't mind us having. And at the end of service, what we ask that you do with that connect card is you can drop it in one of our giving boxes located in the back of the room. But what we ask more than anything else for those who we haven't gotten a chance to meet yet is that you will meet us and our lead pastors in our guest reception. We would love to meet you, exchange that connect card for a gift, and just say welcome and thank you for worshiping with us this morning. So can we welcome our guests one more time? As I said, today is going to be a day of celebration, and tonight, somebody say tonight, is our young adult Christmas party right here in the FLC at 5.30 p.m. We ask again that you scan that QR code to register if you haven't yet. We need an accurate count of how many people are coming, but you still got time to invite people, so please send this out. If you've seen it on social media, share that post. We encourage you to be here. People are going to be dressing up in their favorite Christmas costumes. There'll be games, giveaways, food. We encourage you to be here. That's tonight in the FLC at 5.30 p.m. Also, we want to remind you of our Christmas and our New Year schedule. Uh, you should have gotten a, a card last Sunday. It's a red card with gold letters. You see it on the screen as well. Uh, if you, or you can take a picture of that. We encourage you uh, to grab one of those so you know what's going on this Christmas season. But one of the things I'm excited about the most with our pastor's vision is that in January, we try to do this every single year, is start the year off in a time of fasting and prayer. That's going to be special. It's going to be strategic. It's going to be intentional. So we encourage you through this Christmas Christmas season, be thinking about, uh, ask the Lord now, what's that thing you need to be giving up? What's he asking you to giving up so we can prepare our hearts for what God's going to do in 2024? Amen. He's done some good things in 2023. Amen. And so today as a, uh, today is a day of celebration. This morning, we get the honor to uh, celebrate people coming to new life in baptism today. So can you give it up for Pastor Josh as we celebrate newness today? Well, good morning. Good morning, everybody. Today, like Pastor Will was saying, is a great opportunity for all of us to be a part of such a significant moment. You know, the Bible commands us to be baptized as we repent of our sin, to be baptized as well as an, as an outward declaration of an inward reality that Christ is Lord. And so today, please help me welcome Cassidy Martin. Cassidy. She's on her way. Oh, come on up. Sweethearts, you're gonna step up here. There we are. There she is, everybody. Say hi. <laughs> so this is Cassidy. Good? Mm -hmm. Okay. Cassidy, today's a very special day. 
today you get to share with everyone your decision to follow Christ. So I have two questions for you. You ready? Does Jesus live in your heart? Yes. Is he your Lord and Savior? Yeah. And do you want to serve him with all your life? Yes. Every day of your life? Yes. Amen. Amen. Well, then upon that profession of faith, it's my honor to baptize you. Buddy. Got it. In the name of the Father, His Son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Give it up for everybody. All right. Move this over here because we won't need it for this next one. Uh, Lane Rosser. Give it up for Lane Rosser, everybody, this morning. special day and I get to share that with him today and so Elaine I have two questions for you have you accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord yes sir and do you want to live for him all the rest of your life yes sir amen amen so today we get to celebrate that with you and it's my privilege to baptize you in the name of the Father his Son Jesus and the Holy Spirit let's celebrate today yeah. yeah! Come on, let's give right, it up for him! Way to go, buddy! Uh, I love it! The celebration of the days that you get close to God by taking steps of faith, whatever they may be. And today, I, I believe that there may be some in the room that are going to take steps of faith that they've never taken before, whether it's witnessing to a friend, a family member, a loved one, if it's maybe stepping out in obedience to Christ by doing the work of the ministry in some way, if it's signing up to be baptized like they just were, or if it's taking this next step that we're about to talk about in just a moment with child dedication, it's all part of those moments where we get to celebrate the body of Christ. Each one of us in this room will celebrate you as you make decisions for the Lord. So we're so excited about that. And we wanna say a special thank you yes. to all of you who were so generous. Talk about steps of faith. Yes, you guys, I just wanna say thank you, thank you, thank you for how you poured into the children of Wiregrass area. Yes. Fostering hope, you, let me tell you something, you guys showed up Yes, you did. And they were so thankful. And because of you, those children are going to have a great Christmas. You guys, I mean, when I tell you, I just wished I had words to even say yeah. what we felt when we were um, just loading them up and the team took all of those gifts to Fostering Hope. I mean, you guys showed up and I just want to say thank you, thank you from your pastor. Yeah. You guys are awesome. Yeah, thank your you. generosity. I can't, I just can't describe it. And those children in foster care uh, will never be the same again because of your influence and your generosity. So thank you. Can you give it up one more time? We're so thankful that we get to be the hands of Christ extended this holiday season. Well, this is a moment I love. It's one of my favorite moments where we dedicate children to the Lord. That's right. We're so excited this morning to be dedicating the Bivens Brothers. Yes. And so we have Mr. Beckett Mays Bivens, who is three years old. I'm going to have them come on down. Yeah. 
and Simon Shepherd Bivens, who's nine months, and parents Austin and Caitlin. Y'all give them Give it up a for hand them. when they come yeah. on up. Come on up. Hey guys. So cute, and I know you have some family and some very dear people here with you this morning to support you guys. I'm gonna put you right here. How you guys doing? Good so to this, see you. This is What's such up, an dude? amazing young couple oh, yeah. up here. If you haven't gotten a chance to, to know them, I just want to encourage you guys. They love Jesus. And as I'm getting to know them even more, I, I just love your heart that what is important to you is to make sure that your boys are in a community that loves God. And so I just honor you today as parents. And it's like he says many, many times, we're really dedicating you, but um, we're so um, honored to be able to dedicate these boys up here this morning. Well, first we're gonna start with Mr. Beckett. I want you to just look right there because guys, I don't know if you can tell from right there, but this kid talks with his eyes. And um, I don't know how you say no to him because he is totally just, those eyes will melt you. And so um, he's so full of life. But Beckett's name spiritually means satisfied. And the scripture that the Lord brought me to for, uh, for him is in Philippians 4. And it's where Paul is talking. And Paul says, I have learned to be satisfied with the things that I have and everything that happens. I have learned the secret of being happy at any time in everything that happens. I can do all things through Christ because he gives me strength. And that's what we declare over Beckett today, that his satisfaction will be in the Lord and his relationship with him. And here we have Mr. Simon right here. Now, Big Brother talks with, yes, look at there. Big Brother talks with his eyes. This one talks with his smile. Give him a smile, Simon. And Simon, spiritually, his name means diligent. And the scripture this morning is out of Proverbs 8. I love those who love me and those who seek me diligently will find me. And today we declare over Simon that he will seek wisdom at a young age and he will find it in a solid and strong relationship with his maker in Jesus' name. I turned off my mic because I, want, I wanted to play with the kids for a minute. <laughs> I was whispering stuff to them when, so that you couldn't hear, but this is such a special day. And guys, I'm so excited about this. Austin and Caitlin, what a pleasure, what a privilege it is. And so as I read this dedication, uh, one of the things that we see it as, as a covenant, that we as a congregation partner with you to help you parent these kids the best way we know how to love you through difficult days, which we pray there's very few of those, but the, that these days would be filled with joy. So as you agree with this covenant, would you simply respond with a we do? Do you now present your boys before God in solemn dedication, promising to bring them up in the nurture, the discipline, and the love of the Lord by teaching them to rely on the power of the Holy Spirit and regularly fellowshipping with those that call Jesus their Lord. If so, say, we do. And with God's help, do you promise to bless them by modeling the teachings of Jesus and training them in the practice of prayer and guiding them toward the development of their Christ-like character? If so, say, we do. And do you now commit to pray daily for these miracles of life that have been entrusted to you that by the example of their watching your life, 
they'll naturally want to know Jesus as their Savior. If so, say, we do. Well, so in that solemn dedication, we pray over these amazing kids and over the two of you. Congregation, would you stretch your hands out toward this couple as we pray? Lord, thank you for these amazing kids. God, I thank you so much for Beckett and for Simon. And in Jesus' name, we declare favor over them. God, I thank you that in Jesus' name, they are going to do mighty works for the kingdom of God. They are going to change the world. God, I thank you so much for them. I thank you for their parents. Lord, I thank you for their extended family. And in Jesus' name, we partner with them to see the work of the ministry done in their lives. Lord, I bless them in Jesus' powerful and precious and holy name. We pray it all. Amen. 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 Yeah. Yeah, give it up for them. Look. Look right there. <laughs> look. Ready? You got to get that good picture. Oh, come on. Give it up for him one more time. We got some gifts to give to you. God bless you. We love you guys. And thank you so much for being such a wonderful picture and modeling Jesus Christ in this city. You're just, you're amazing. And we love you guys. Well, today we also get to celebrate in our giving. Listen, if God has blessed you this year, can you take a moment and just give God praise for being who he is, the provider today? Yeah, yeah. You can see the five ways to give on the screens and we're not gonna pass the plate, but if you uh, want to have giving credit and you're using the envelopes in the seat pocket in front of you, you can just turn them in, uh, worship on the way out in those giving boxes. But I wanna take a moment and pray over you and your families today. And I'm gonna invite your elders and some of our prayer partners, if you'd make your way toward the stations of prayer, they'll be standing uh, near the back of the exit sign and the prayer wall over here, back over here by the exit sign and the prayer wall back there and up in the balcony. If you need prayer for any reason, we want you to know we're here to believe God for miracles in your life. How many know the miracle that took place 2,000 years ago where Jesus came to this earth? That wasn't the end. That was the beginning of the miracle-working power of the loving God who comes today to meet you at your point of need. I'm going to pray a prayer of faith over this whole congregation and over our time of giving. Lord, we honor your presence in this house and we pray a special and strategic blessing to come upon each one. And Lord, as we give, Lord, sacrificially, I pray that this would be another opportunity for, Lord, us to be able to give our best gift, Lord, in this Christmas season, to give a gift to Jesus. And I pray that, God, we would be able to win the world as we accelerate the vision. God, I thank you for that, Lord. I pray blessing over these, your generous people. And I pray you would do exceedingly, abundantly above all that we could ever ask, think, or imagine. It's in Jesus Christ's name we pray it all. Amen. Amen. Would you stand up? Let's worship the King together. Receive prayer from those in the back if you need them. Let's worship Jesus.
Christmas is a beautiful thing, filled with joy and laughter, family and friends. It's a beautiful day and a beautiful season, but it's so much more than that. Christmas is a belief that the God who made the world also loved the world, so much so that he sent his one and only Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. This is Christmas. Christmas isn't just a story to be told and then forgotten, but it's a story to be remembered and loved and lived. Christmas is a celebration, rejoicing in the light of the world who stepped into the darkness for all of us. Christmas is a time when all kinds of people from all kinds of places come together to remember Emmanuel, God with us. Christmas is an invitation O come, all ye faithful. O come, all ye weary. O come, let us adore him. Christmas is about faith, hope, and love. Christmas is about Jesus. This is Christmas. How many thank God for the Christ of Christmas? Amen. Come on. Yeah. And can you give it up for those that are watching online for the first time? Hey, God bless you. Welcome. We're so glad that you're joining with us today. And if it's your first time joining with us online, we would love to connect with you, especially if you're ever in the Wiregrass area here in this, the greatest place in all the world, right here in Dothan, Alabama. We would love to have you be a part of these services and come join us right here at Dothan first. And one, once again, can we give it up for those that are here in the building for the first time? Welcome. Yeah. And Merry Almost Christmas. We're so glad you're here. Go ahead, grab your copy of God's Word. Say this with me. Say, I am what God's Word says I am. I can do what God's Word said I can do. I can become all that God said I could be. So today, I'll hear God's Word, I'll receive God's Word, and I'll obey God's Word because I love His Word. Now just turn to your neighbor and say, you know, I have a few more days of Christmas shopping. Give me a break. Okay, just let them know. You didn't get them all yet, but you're, they're coming. Amazon's coming. Okay. Oh, what a great day of celebration. As we prepare for Christmas, one of the things that we want to look at is 
to set our eyes on the one who makes Christmas possible. We want to talk about the Christ of Christmas. But today as we talk about that, I want to go a little deeper in ways that we can love others this Christmas. And I don't know how many of you remember being a kid and the very first remembrance you have as a kid of re realizing that Christmas is about giving and that you figured out you were going to get a gift on Christmas. Do you remember that day that you just realized, I didn't realize that this was going to be like a birthday, but I get the gifts, right? It's one of the only birthday parties you'll ever show up that it's not your birthday, but you get the gift. I mean, it's awesome. And as a kid, I remember so vividly the day that I, I found out that I got to get a gift on Christmas. But I want you to understand this holiday season, this Christmas, I want you to give a gift away. You've been chosen by God to be the representative, to be the ambassador, to give his love away to this entire world. To help restore this world back to the loving arms of God. You heard it in that uh, just short snippet of a, uh, an introductory video. That scripture, the all famous scripture, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world. He loved him so much that he sent you. Now I want you to think about this for a minute. God looked past time and eternity and said, I want to make sure that this person right here, that person right there, this guy right there, this lady right in the back would be alive at this period in human history that they may be chosen to be my representatives on the earth. Think about this. So if you're chosen to be able to give a gift, then what gift should you give? Well, give away the best gift that you possibly can, which is Jesus Christ. The great gift. Jesus was better than anyone else at giving himself away. Matter of fact, he showed us how to share his good news with others. He taught us by his example. One person by one person. Yes, Jesus reached the masses. There was time that he was speaking to 5,000 and 3,000 over here and this and that. But how many know most and much of his ministry was one-on-one -on -one reaching the rich and the poor, right? Reaching the educated and the uneducated, reaching the known and the unknown, reaching past racial and gender and societal barriers, right? How did Jesus become so incredibly successful at giving himself away? And maybe a better question to ask us during this time of year is how is it that we have become so unsuccessful at winning people? Right? Think about it. Our number one, our primary assignment on this planet, other than giving our life to Jesus and, and having heaven as our, our home, I mean, if he's going to keep us here on the earth, then our primary assignment is to win people to Jesus. That's your number one job. Friends, if that's our number one job, according to Mark 16, 15, and Matthew 28, 19, and 20, Right? To go into the world, preach the gospel, win the world. If that's our number one assignment, how is it that we become so unsuccessful and woefully inadequate? Out of the eight, almost eight billion people that are now on the planet, we thank God that 2.4 billion are, claim themselves to be Christian. But how many know? 
2.4 is not enough. <laughs> There's still so many more to win. And we've had 2,000 years since Jesus to perfect this thing. And we still haven't quite figured it out. We're about ready to, in the next 10 years, we're about ready to approach the 2,000-year birthday of the inauguration of the New Testament church, right? 33 AD was called the Day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit showed himself to a group of 120 who were praying that Jesus actually told them when he was ascending, make sure to go and wait and pray until you've been endued with power from on high. And then Acts 1.8 talks about what we receive, that you would receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, that you might be, or then you will be, what? My witnesses. Matter of fact, in some ways, those tongues of fire that sat upon each one of them, uh, that 120 on the day of Pentecost, was actually showing that God was going to use the heavenly tongue to empower their earthly tongue to speak not the language of angels, but the language of earth, that they might witness and share their faith. So that means that Pentecostals should be the best at witnessing. We should be like better than all the others. But it seems as though Pentecostals in general have be, become deficient in sharing their faith. Friends, this is serious business. Ten years from now, 2023, 2,000-year 2000 birthday of the New Testament church, how could we be this empowered and still this deficient? Right? How could it be that we've... Maybe it's because we haven't put our focus in the right direction, right? Because as American culture goes, most may say that are outside of the church would say that Christians in general, or maybe even Pentecostals in specific, are more, uh, you know, weird than, they, than being known how to witness. <laughs> like we speak a different language than, than the, the world, Right? We speak Christianese, as I talked about the other day. But how many know the baptism of the Holy Spirit's not weird, it's wonderful. Right? This is the enabling and the empowering of the Spirit. Yes, it's unusual because it's unearthly. Just like the virgin birth. Right? Think about this. Bo Jesus born in a manger with a bunch of shepherds around. That's, that's kind of weird but wonderful. It's unusual because it's unearthly. So if the church hasn't been as effective as it could be or should be at reaching people, I would submit that we need to learn better of Jesus' methodology who was better at winning people than anyone else. And so it, I believe, this is my personal opinion, and I believe that what I have to say in, in my personal opinion is also backed by Scripture, is we've not properly learned from Jesus how to maximize the Holy Spirit in our lives. Matthew 28, as Jesus is giving the disciples, his disciples, this last command 
to go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. I, I shared with you a couple of weeks ago that that word nations is actually the Hebrew word ethnos or where we get our English term ethnicity, but it's more than just the color of skin or the geographic location that your ancestors may have come from. It actually has to do with, and, and it speaks specifically about language groups, different language groups. Go and share the good news to every language group. That's why we've spent a lot of money and we've invested money here at this church and in churches across the country at making sure that uh, every single Bible is translated into every known language. Why? Because if you don't have the language right, how can you properly communicate to someone who doesn't know Jesus? So we got to learn the language groups. And so God, if we're going to win the world and reach the lost, how are we going to do it? We have to disciple every discipline. Not just people groups in Asia and Africa and South America, but we need to speak the language of those that are even in this city. Think about it. The educators and the engineers and the electricians and the technicians and the athletes all speak a different language. And so we get to come alongside them and share in their language the good news of Jesus. That's exactly what Jesus did. As I said last week, when he, when he was with fishermen, he talked about fish. <laughs> you know, we got to learn how to speak the language of the doctors and the nurses in this city and the lawyers in this city and the police and the politicians and the plumbers and all the young people. Look, I don't know how to speak your language. That's why you get to speak your language to your peer groups. And then you got to teach me that language so I can learn it. Because I don't know what y'all are saying when you text me. And I'm like, what is, is this English right now? I don't even know if I, my parents were both educators and I can't read texts. Because they're not written in English. So I got to learn the language of the young people. So I can win the young people to Jesus. Is anybody listening to what I'm saying? We got to get on the level of whomever we are speaking with. John chapter 114 talks about this. When the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And, and the word, the Bible says, he became flesh and lived among us or tabernacled among us or made his home among us. He, he got close enough to us to understand us. How many know, friends, God wanted to find you more than you wanted to find him? While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Amen. So God left where he was to come to where we are. And, and according to the scriptures, he made himself of no reputation. He, he put away. It's almost as though he intentionally hid his deity just so he wouldn't scare us. And we often come as Christians with our, I don't want to say ostentatious kinds of language. Or, or maybe it's uh, the way we get puffed up as Christians that we're the special ones. But Jesus was the, the most special of all of us. And he put away, put aside, hid his deity that people would know him. That the common man, the common woman, those who are struggling, the prostitutes, the drunkards, the strugglers, the broken, the hurting, the lost, the confused would know him and want to know him. And so it is with us if we can learn from him. 
God didn't say you got to become like me before I can connect with you. He said, no, in order to fix this thing, I got to become like you. Now, don't confuse compassion with compromise. I get that. We understand that. But Jesus, his number one priority was lost people. And I want you to get this, especially during Christmas, because this, friends, is where the harvest is most ripe. This season where we celebrate the Savior's birth is an opportunity. People's hearts are more open to coming to a church. People's hearts are more open to receiving Jesus than ever before. And Jesus looked at his disciples and said, as the Father is sending me, so I'm sending you. I'm sending you out to people in this city, into Dothan, at your workplace, at your school, at your business, at the grocery store, at the gas station. I'm sending you out to be a witness. And God's saving process, by the way, is a restoring process. I love this. God the Father came to, he sent Jesus to redeem us, to buy us back, that all creation could be restored back to its original condition before the fall so that we might truly find our purpose, which is what all humans want. They want to find purpose in life. And they can't find it without Jesus. Genesis 3.15 talks about the fall of man and how there was a promise that was made in the Garden of Eden to those that the seed of a woman would produce a Savior. He would be Christ the Lord. And that Savior would bring salvation, which is really to salvage, to, to, to redeem, to restore. You know, I think about it like this. If, if you find an old antique car that's at a salvage yard and you take it and you bring it back to a place where uh, you take that thing apart, I mean, completely. You redo that whole car, I mean, top to bottom. You try to buy all the original stuff that was once in it that made it perfect. I mean, you, go, you scour the internet to spend thousands and thousands. That's why that restored car is worth even more and more valuable than the original model because it was restored back to its original condition. And so it is with each one of us that when, when God sent his son, listen, it, it was a promise that was 4,000 years old. It started there in, in the promise in Eden. And then 2,000 years after that, from Eden to the promise that was given to Abraham, he reminded us that he would once again call us out and choose us to gift us with salvation, to restore us back to the original condition. And then 2,000 years after Abraham, here comes Jesus, the promise, right? Now we have Jesus, the promise, and now we're sitting 2,000 years from, the, from that promise. And Jesus is saying, are you actually following the instructions that I gave you? Are you making it a priority? What made Jesus so incredibly successful at salvaging people? It's because God saw us and said they could still be saved. Even though they're broken, even though they're messed up, even though they're confused, even though they're lost as can be, even though they're making all kinds of mistakes and they're wrecking their lives with addictions and problems and anger issues and all. He still saw past all that junk and saw there's something worth salvaging here. There's something that can be restored here. So we have to then ask that, that question, 
What can we do to personally win our world? Personally, you, individually. I'm not talking about as a church. We can create all kinds of programs, and we have all kinds of programs. But what can we personally do? Individually, you. What can you do to win people to Jesus during Christmas? I want us to study that plan of Jesus as the master soul winner to just see God sent his only son, John 3, 16. He sent his one and only son to become like us, to win us. To become like us, to win us. 700 years before Christ, there was this prophet named Isaiah, and he predicted the coming of Jesus to earth and and that God would send his son and, and that he would be both powerful and personal. Strong enough, uh, strong enough to save us, strong enough to solve our problems, and yet so tender and loving. And I want us to read this passage of Scripture in Isaiah chapter 40. And actually, I'm going to have my dad read this passage of Scripture to us. Uh, Isaiah chapter 40, verse 9. And I may stop you along the way, but uh, dad, I'm so thankful that uh, after surgery, you got a strong voice today. Believe in God, it's going to keep getting stronger. Lung capacity keeps expanding. I'm so grateful that you are here today. Would you share with us this amazing word, Isaiah chapter 40? Messenger of good news, shout from the mountaintops. Tell everyone, your God is coming. Yes, the sovereign Lord is coming in power. He will rule with a powerful arm. See, he brings his reward with him as he comes. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will carry the lambs in his arms, holding them close to his heart. So I want you to see this picture. Isaiah now is talking about this powerful Savior, but also a gentle Savior. Someone who you could get close to, like a baby in a manger. Now, I want you to see how he shifts this language in the next few passages in in verse 12, uh, going all the way through 15. See how he talks from, moves from this gentle Savior to now uh, God's greatness. Would you read that for us? Who else has held the oceans in his hand? Who has measured off the heavens with his fingers? Who else knows the weight of the earth or has weighed the mountains and the hills on a scale? Who is able to advise the Spirit of the Lord? Who knows enough to give him advice or teach him? Has the Lord ever needed anyone's advice? Does he need instruction about what is good? Did someone teach him what is right or show him the path of justice? No, for all the nations of the world are but a drop in the bucket. They are nothing more than dust on the scales. He picks up the whole earth as though it were a grain of sand. Can you take just a moment and give God just a few seconds of praise that he's big enough to take care of every tiny little issue that we have? No matter how big your problem is, he's bigger. Now, I want you to see this. Isaiah continues in this thought in chapter 40, verse 26. He now gets really personal, and he begins to move us into the plan of this personal savior that that comes into our lives and strengthens us to become all that he wants us to be. And he shows us really how close he wanted to get to us. Would you read that in verse 26? 
Look up into the heavens. Who created all the stars? He brings them out like an army, one after another, calling each by its name. Because of his great power and incomparable strength, not a single one is missing. So how can you say the Lord does not see your troubles? All right, let's stop right there for just 30 seconds. Out of all that you just saw, out of the greatness and the goodness of God, the incomparable strength, not a single one is missing. How can you say the Lord doesn't see you, friend? No matter where you're at, no matter down, how down you feel, I want you to know the enemy tries to put you in a corner and kick you while you're down and make you feel like nobody cares and nobody's listening and nobody's paying attention and even God doesn't care about you. I want you to know the greatness of our God still looks down and cares about those tiny needs that are seem so big to us but are so small to him he cares about us he sees your problem your financial issues your crisis your struggles he sees you when you and your spouse are at odds and you're struggling to be able to just communicate to one another he sees when your children are wayward and it feels like they're never going to come back he sees when you struggle and cry out to him he knows friends he knows would you keep reading and continue to show how big our God is? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. Yeah. He never grows weak Come or on. weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. He gives power to the weak and strength to those who are tired and worn out. Even youths will become weak and tired, and young men become exhausted and want to give up. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. Yeah. They will soar high mm -hmm. on wings like eagles. Yeah. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Come on, that's a word for somebody today. Whoever you are, listen, if you're bearing burdens, Jesus is the burden bearer. Jesus is the problem solver, friend. I don't know if you're going through grief or anxiety. Maybe you're not going through it, but your neighbor or your friend or your coworker, you don't know, but that rude, angry, mean-spirited person at your work is just going through grief and anxiety and fear and loneliness and confusion, and they still need to know that God has a plan that's big enough in their life. Jesus can still do it. He comes down to our level to empathize with our pain. Jesus is what I would call spirit sensitive. And that's what we are as spirit-filled believers. We are to be, like Jesus, spirit sensitive. Everybody, everybody say spirit sensitive. Spirit sensitive. And I'm not just talking about Holy Spirit sensitive, although that's really important. That's really significant. You need to have that, the, the, the ears to hear the still small voice of God whispering to give you strategy, to remind you that the person next to you needs Jesus, to give you divine appointments and for you to open your eyes to see them. But I'm talking about spirit sensitive. When you're talking to somebody, you can actually read their spirit. You can hear their spirit. By the language they use, by their eyes, it's the eyes of the window to the soul, you can see a person's spirit and you need to become spirit sensitive. So how can we love others? We got to look out for others. <laughs> 
practical ways. Let me give you a few of them. First of all, look for people. If, if you're really struggling to find how you can love people during this Christmas season, I want you to know the very first one is you need to look for people with heavy burdens and go over there and help them carry it. Help them carry it. Galatians chapter 6 Verse 2, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you'll fulfill the law of Christ. As I said, those burdens that people carry could be anything. They could be financial burdens. They could be relational burdens. They could be physical burdens. And you can help lift the load. But I would say out of all those burdens that I've seen during the holidays, it seems like the one that is hardest and most challenging for, for everyone across the country is the emotional burdens that they carry. It's the emotional stress they bear. And friends, they just need somebody to talk to. You know, they, people pay counselors thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars for them just to listen. Some counselors don't even give advice. They just sit and they just watch their clock and pretend they're writing down important information. No, I'm just kidding. There's good counselors in this city. I'm kidding. People need to have someone that'll just listen. To carry their burdens means to give them a listening ear. The Bible says in this way you'll fulfill the law of Christ. How do you fulfill the law of Christ? What's the law of Christ? The greatest commandment? Love God, love others. How do you love them? A listening ear. You're loving your neighbor by giving a listening ear. You help them by, when they unload their burden, you're actually sharing it by helping carry it. Does that make sense? Another way you can do this, real simple, real practical as we close out this message is to look for people with significant needs and just help them. Just help them. Romans 15, 2 and 3, each one of us needs to look after the good of the people around us, asking ourselves, how can I help? That's exactly what Jesus did. He didn't make it easy for himself by avoiding people's troubles, but he waited right in and helped out. What are some practical needs you can meet? Just think about it. Who's in the hospital that you could just bring a, a meal to? Or who's a, a, a young couple that just desperate for a date night? Come on, young couples. They haven't slept in three years. All you could do, the best thing you could do is just show up. I'll watch your kids. Your snot-nosed ratty kid. No, I'm just kidding. I will watch your little angels. <laughs> So you can have a date night. I'll give you a gift card for a date night. Think about this. Pump somebody's gas or pay for somebody's groceries. That's why in the back here we have this, this little, it's, it's like a small kiosk talking about sharing the love of God with your world. And all it is is a little card. It, it, it just signifies as you're sharing the love of Jesus, whether it's paying for somebody behind you in line at the drive through or if it's uh, giving to these amazing kids a Christmas that you've given them, many in, the, in, the, in foster care. Friends, what else can we do? Give to missions. Give a birthday gift to Jesus to help accelerate the gospel message. What can we do to give to make a difference in this world? I mean, friends, listen, I'm all about giving gifts, and we need to be able to give gifts to each other and to our families, and I think that's awesome, and uh, be, be as generous as you can. I think that's wonderful, but I promise you that that one-time gift for a short season is not going to be the only way you can bless someone this holiday season. Look for people 
who are in need and help them. Look for people who are grieving and comfort them. Look at this in 1 Corinthians, uh, 2 Corinthians rather, chapter 1, verse 4. God comforts us in our troubles so that we can comfort others who are in trouble with the same comfort he gave us. And what he's saying is he gave that comfort to you that you might give it away. The comfort you get from God, and many of you have received this. You know what it's like. Whether you, uh, We in this world have lost a lot of things. Some people have lost loved ones. Other people have lost their dreams. Other people have lost their jobs. Other people have lost relationship with their kids. We've all lost something. And you can come alongside those that are grieving and comfort them with the same comfort you received when you were going through junk, when you were going through your stuff. How about this? Look for people that are in need of a friend and just show them hospitality. This world is hungry and desperate for hospitality. Romans 12, 13, look for opportunities to be hospitable. Another translation, always be eager to practice hospitality. Listen, when you're at school, you guys that are still at school for a little bit, you got another, what, week? Is that about how long you got? Maybe a week or so? There are kids at your school that are lonely, socially awkward, feel totally out of place, and over the holidays are gonna, they're, they're gonna think about suicide you make sure that they know they've got at least one friend and it's you. You follow this? Those that are at work. It's amazing to me that, that Christmas being the greatest place of joy, comfort, and peace is also a place where people contemplate suicide. Some of your neighbors, especially those that are elderly who don't get out very much. I mean, when Judge Judy's your only friend, come on somebody. Just go into their house. Some of them have lost their spouse. Some of them have literally lost their friends. They've passed away. Just baking them some cookies and going over and watching Judge Judy with them. Come on. Right? I love Judge Judy. I'm just saying I'll go watch it with you. I mean, guys, this, I know this is so simple, but we choose to overlook it. This is just what Jesus did. I mean, in this culture, he would have he gotten his baking pan out and made some cookies and watched Judge Judy with somebody. Come on. That's what he was doing. He was convinced that he could make a difference one person at a time. Look for lonely people and love them. Don't be too busy and self-centered that you can't invite people to a meal. I can't remember the last time that we had a Thanksgiving meal, that people that weren't our relatives were at our table. We, we've, we've always had people at our table that just didn't have a place. They'll always have a seat at our table because I know this world is hungry for hospitality. You can look for people. This is a good one. Look for people that need a second chance and give it to them. Come on. How many of you thank God for some second chances and third chances and fourth chances that God's given you? Man, you can go give that second chance to somebody in the middle of their flaws and their failures and their stumbling and they've sinned and made mistakes and, and, and they're feeling like there's no hope and you can come alongside them and say, yes, there's still hope. In your failed business, in the midst of your failed marriage, in the midst of failed parenting, God says, don't worry, there's still hope. There's a second chance. A lot of them are feeling like, how can I recover? <laughs> There's no hope. 
I might as well give up. No, you don't let them give up. You tell them there's hope. 2 Corinthians 2, 7. When people sin, you should forgive and comfort. Turn to your neighbor and say, forgive and comfort. Forgive and comfort them so they won't give up in despair. Here's the hardest one. We're closing with this. Look for people who are rude and be kind to them. (laughs) Nobody wants this, but we're all going to talk about it anyway. As I said, often those people that are rude, there's something else going on. Listen, if life was yippy-skippy for them, they'd probably be, you know, yippy-skippy around you. But the reason they're not that way often, they've had major disappointments in life. They've gone through spouse after spouse and their kids aren't talking to them anymore and they, they're, they're struggling. And you can be the love they need. First Peter chapter 3, verse 9, don't repay evil for evil. Never retaliate. When people insult you or say unkind things about you, instead pay them back with a what? With a blessing. That's what God wants you to do. And look at this. Here's the reward. Here's the payoff. It says he will bless you for it. Everybody say he'll bless you for it. He'll pay you back. It'll blow their mind and God then will blow your mind with how he'll bless you. God's blessing as you learn to deal with difficult people. Friends, it's going to cost you something, yes, but it's going to be worth it. God will give you blessing and benefit. If you'll just stop and say, I'm not too busy to show love to people this Christmas. The one thing that we see in Matthew 25 that we'll be judged for is how we treated others. When I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. When I was thirsty, you gave me something to to drink. When I was naked, you clothed me. When I was sick, you looked after me. When I was in prison, you came and visited me. And then we're going to say, Lord... (laughs) When did we see you, Jesus, hungry or thirsty or naked or in prison or struggling in some way? And he says back to us, as you're doing this to the least of these, you're doing it unto me. And he's looking at his bride, the bride of Christ, and asking you, is there room at your table for one more? Is there room in your heart for one more? Do you have enough love that you've been given that you can give it away? Is there anyone in your life that you can reach out and make a difference in theirs? My question today is, has God blessed you? And if he's blessed you and he's given you so much, then it's about time that we give the best gift we can give that we give the gift of Jesus during this Christmas season to those who desperately need him. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes for just a moment? Lord, we've talked about these practical needs that people have. And today, Lord, it should trouble us to know that the majority of our world is still not yet believing. Help us to change those statistics. I pray that, Lord, this holiday season and this next year would literally be the greatest move of God, the greatest revival, the greatest uh, uh, influx of of lost souls that, that now know you because we were obedient to the call. 
Help us to be spirit sensitive. Would you keep your heads bowed and eyes closed for just a moment? I believe that today there may be some in this room that just say, Mark, I really need Jesus. I need him as Lord and Savior. Maybe you've been struggling. You've been battling. You're the one I was talking to to that's confused and feels hopeless and lonely. And I want you to know that there's still hope. His name is Jesus. And I offer you the greatest gift I could give you, the gift of Jesus. You say, well, how do I receive him? You don't know what I've done. You don't know where I've been. Listen, friends, you're not too far gone. If you still got breath in your lungs, there's still room at the table for you to receive his love, his grace, his mercy, and most importantly for you, his forgiveness. And when you receive all that, you receive his salvation. You can be saved today. Listen, while heads are bowed and eyes are closed, I'm not here to embarrass you. It's not my heart to judge you, but I do want to invite you into relationship with Jesus or for some of you, back into relationship with Jesus Christ. If that's you today, listen, friend, this is your moment. This is your opportunity. No one else is looking, but I want you to make a commitment today. If that's you, I'm simply going to invite you to slip up your hand, acknowledging by the raised hand, Mark, include me in this closing prayer. I want to make sure that I know that I know Jesus is Lord of every area of my life and all my sins are forgiven. I am free and I'm forgiven. If that's you in this room, I want you to slip up your hand right now all over this place. Yes, God bless you. God bless you. Yes, over here. God bless you. Yeah, buddy. God bless you. Yes, God bless you, ma'am. Yes, God bless you. I'm looking in the balcony as well. I'm looking under the balcony, just scanning. Yes, God bless you. Anybody else today? That's you. Yeah, you're not alone, friend. You're lonely, you're hurting, you're struggling. God's got you. He still has a plan. He still has a purpose. Those of you watching online, you can make this commitment today as well. God bless you. Yeah, you can put your hands down. I want to first pray a prayer over all of you that we might be a witness, that we might share our faith, that we might be spirit sensitive. Can I just pray over you today to be spirit sensitive? The whole congregation, I'm going to pray over you. Lord Jesus, this house is filled with loving people, but often these loving people become too busy. And in their busyness, they overlook spirit sensitivity. And I pray in the name of Jesus, we would all in this room as Christians, as believers, who love people, who love God and love people, that we might be more spirit sensitive to see your will done on this earth through our love. That as we give the good news, the gospel message of Jesus Christ away to those who are hurting, let us help us to speak their language and to be spirit sensitive. In the name of Jesus Christ. Now I want us all to pray this last prayer out loud together. Could you pray this prayer with me and especially you who lifted your hands. Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sins. I repent for all I've done wrong. I believe that you died and rose again for me. I make you Lord and Savior of my life. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for changing me. I choose to trust you with every area of my life. Now fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Can you stand up together, give God praise, and celebrate with us. Good, good.
thing to do is walk out of this room, just being honest, and just pulling out of the parking lot. Come on, somebody's going to take you off. Just going to the restaurant, somebody's going to take you off. <laughs> just going back to school for a few days, you're, you know, sleep deprived from exam week studies, <laughs> somebody's going to take you off. Going to the grocery store, somebody's gonna cut you off and then get your parking space while it's raining. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you, this is the test. And in the test, let there be a testimony that your eyes still acknowledge Jesus, that your heart is open to the lost, the lonely, and the broken. I'm gonna release some of our leaders right now some of our pastors and those that are greeters. I'm gonna release you right now to head back to our special area of greeting. It's a guest reception. Those of you that have been with us maybe the last couple of weeks, but never had a chance to be at our guest reception, we won't take a bunch of your time. We're just gonna take a few minutes. We'll greet you. We'll give you a gift for hanging out with us. That's all we wanna do. We just wanna say thank you for being with us today. It's out the doors and to the left. Before you walk out the the last set of doors, uh, just to the left, you'll see a big sign that says guest reception. There's a few stanchions on both sides. Please come in, meet some of our leadership team. We'd be honored to meet you today. And I want you, those of you in the room, go ahead and take some of those cards. And if we completely run out, that's fine. We'll empty that thing and give you more later. We got plenty. But take one of those cards or two cards or five cards just as a token to say, this week, put it in your car and say, I'm gonna find a way to pay for somebody's meal, pay for somebody's gas, pay for somebody's groceries, pay for somebody to line behind me and give them this card as a picture of God's love that God hasn't forgotten them during Christmas. Well, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace 
And may the Lord our God write his name on your heart and declare you're my child. No one can take you from my hand. May you know the love of your Savior that came and died for you and rescued you. And may you give that love away to as many people as humanly possible. I bless you to be a blessing to this city, to this region, to this world, and especially to your family and your friends and your co-workers and your classmates. I bless you to be a blessing with God's love. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Did you get anything out of today? Hey, I pray you did. God bless you. We love you. Have a Jesus-filled rest of the week. We'll see you this Wednesday or next Sunday. God bless you. You're dismissed.